Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my passion, my obsession in life to teach you how to be more productive in our increasingly distracted world. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to sign up for the free seven-day productivity challenge. Give me two minutes a day for a week, and I will teach you strategies on how you can become a more productive version of yourself. To get on the seven-day productivity challenge, just go to my website, mrproductivity.com. Mr. is all spelled out, mrproductivity.com. Today, I'm talking to Darren Kirby. He was a busy, overweight dad in his late 30s, and then he reached a tipping point and said enough is enough. He began educating himself on nutrition and fitness, losing nearly 62 pounds. He's also entered multiple Ironman competitions in the process. Right now, his passion is encouraging dads and men, and if you're a woman, this uh, a lady, this still applies to you, in their 40s to improve their fitness and nutrition and live a happy and healthier life. So let's get right to it. Darren, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Mark. Thanks very much. Good to talk to you. Now, we're going to address the elephant in the room, folks. Uh, Darren is not from America. He's, he has a slight accent, although Darren would probably say, I've got the accent, but be that <laughs> as it may, I'm super stoked to have you on the show because your website, I love your website, Fitter healthierdad.com. So we're going to talk about health on this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast, because if you're not taking care of yourself, it's very difficult to be productive. So you're going to hear a lot of information about health. So Darren, let's start right off the top. You lost an incredible 62 pounds. And now put that into perspective for us. How, what, what point did you go? Okay. This is getting ridiculous. This is not gonna. This is not gonna end well if I don't correct this. So, tell us about that transformation you had. Yeah, it's very interesting, Mark, because um, it was something which I wasn't setting out to lose weight directly, um, and it was as a result of when I used to be in the corporate space. Um, a, a, another business that we were working with at the time actually offered me the opportunity to enter into a triathlon. And at the time, I always, for whatever reason, I don't know why, wanted to, to do a triathlon. And when I got the opportunity, I thought, okay, yeah, that, that's, that's cool. I'll, I'll enter. And um, so then at that, at that point, I'd been training for about 15 years. I'd been going to the gym three times a week. Um, and I'd be, been eating kind of whatever I wanted, not paying any attention to my diet and, and or nutrition and i thought that you know i was pretty a pretty fit guy i ate fairly well and then i started training for the triathlon and um you know i jumped on the treadmill and i couldn't even run for you know 2k without getting a burning chest um, and thinking there was something wrong for, wrong with me and then i went in the pool and I couldn't even swim one length of a 20-meter pool without getting to the other end with, without really gasping. So it was at that point I thought, hang on a minute, you know, all this training that I've been doing for 15 years really hasn't got me fit at all. So that's when I started to take to the internet and I started to research about how to train for a triathlon. And then, you know, I, I stumbled really across nutrition because obviously that's, you know, you need fuel when you're doing endurance races. 
Um, and I really started to, to educate myself on it because throughout the kind of initial stages of, of training for the triathlon, I, I wasn't losing weight. And I didn't feel like I was making any progress in terms of getting, you know, fitter and having more endurance. And then I really started to dial in the diet. I really started to do a lot of research on um, nutrition, on macronutrients and things like that. And it was almost like a puzzle mark, really, in a sense that I started to piece things together and I started to try things. I started to take... Um, you know, processed foods out of my diet and put natural foods in there. And I didn't, you know, what I want people to, to understand is I didn't run to a health food shop and buy all the latest health food stuff. I just really, um, step by step, started to take things out of my diet, started to put things in my diet. And really for me, the realization actually came on how much weight I was losing when people started to comment. Um, and I'll never forget this time that I went into a hairdresser's that I'd been into for, for, for years. And the, the woman behind the counter said to me, wow, what, what are you doing? How, how come you've lost all this weight? What's happening with you? And it was at that point I realized actually what I'm doing is, is quite profound and, and it is working. And really, Mark, it just kind of went on from there, to be honest. Well, it's interesting because I'm reflecting back to when I started running every day, August 29th, 2017. Before that, I would sometimes go for a bike ride, sometimes go for a run. Then I decided, well, I didn't decide. During Hurricane Harvey, we had a devastating hurricane here in Houston back in 2017. And I remember reading the article on Runner's World that said, what I learned from running one mile a day every day for 250 days. And I said... Yeah. I could run one mile a day. So when the storm passed on August 29, 2017, I started running. And okay. now I run three miles a day. In 2019, I ran 1,026 miles. My goal is to run 1,000 miles in 2020 again. And, and now it's not just the running, but I'm actually trying to take better, better care of myself. I've gone vegetarian. I'm really trying to, now I'm not, I haven't cut back. I haven't cut out all the processed foods, but I eat okay. a lot less processed foods than I ever did. I'm eating a lot more plants and a lot more, you know, vegetables and fruits and which of course are plants. And I think it really matters because if you, if you just think, cause you, you went through this uh, transition in your late thirties, people just think, well, you know, I'll be fine. I didn't lose. I didn't start gaining weight until I was about 34, 35 years old before right. my metabolism was so high in the twenties and early thirties, then I could literally any, anything. My body says, we got this. And then one night overnight, my body goes, dude, we're not working that hard anymore. And then I, of course I was in denial for, I would delay taking care of myself for years. I'm like, Oh, it'll catch up. It never caught up. And I, I bloomed up to 220 pounds. Now I'm back down to 196. but you said something very key. This is something you have to do every single day. Absolutely. Yeah. Is is consistency is key. I use this mantra: is consistency beats clever. Um, and the, the trouble that we're in, Mark, is the society that we're in today. And I call it the Amazon society: is that we want everything now, and that's that doesn't work in the in the world of, of, of fitness, nutrition, and general health. You know, it's a, it, it's it sounds a bit cliche, but you actually set out on a journey to make a bit of a, a, a life change. You, you become aware, you become conscious, and like you, you just said there, around, you know, kind of just running that one mile every day consistently, 
um, carrying it out. And over time, that is when you start to see results. Yeah. And I think people look at the transformation in you and in me and other people in shape and they want that end result, but they don't yeah. want to put in the work. No. So no. let's talk about that. Let's talk about, let's talk to the person listening to this conversation and saying, you know, I know I'm a little overweight or I know, you know, I go up the stairs and I'm out of breath. What is some really simple things that they can do today to get the ball moving, to start being a healthier person, a healthier version of themselves? So the first thing that I say to all the people that I work with and all the people that buy my programs is you have to start with your diet and nutrition. And what I'm not saying is you go into the cupboard and you chuck everything out and you put all the other healthy stuff in. It doesn't work like that. First off, I tell everybody for the period of one to two weeks, you just look and track what you're eating. So there's lots of different food tracking apps out there. You just put in and it is a bit of a pain when you first do it. But I suggest you do it for one to two weeks and then you go back over what you've tracked. And you could, it's quite profound in terms of what you can see with these apps. So you see your overall calorie intake and then you see your macronutrient breakdown. So you see your proteins, your fats and your carbohydrates. So that is the first thing I recommend that everybody does before they even decide to start going to the gym or going running or, or cycling or whatever. That's the first place you start because, again, another little um, mantra that I use is you cannot out-train a bad diet. Mm. So you can train like an Olympic athlete. If your diet is bad, you will not get the results that you're looking to get in terms of dropping that fat and dropping that, that, that weight. Now, I will interject here. When you track your food, it's imperative that you actually enter into the app what you eat. So if you had 17 chocolate chips, chocolate chip <laughs> cookies, you can't yeah. enter one because otherwise the app's, the app's not going to give you the relevant data. And so you have to be honest. You're not going to share this with anyone unless you want to, but you have to be honest. I, yeah. Darren, I know people, they just go, well, I'll fudge the numbers. You're only hurting yourself. Who else are you hurting? If you only put one chocolate chip cookie there, but you had 17, you're not hurting anybody but yourself. So do the tracking, but be 100% honest. Yeah. And one thing that I will say, Mark, is is one thing that the, the majority of people will find is that when they track everything, and I mean everything, it will be the little snacks in between meals <laughs> yep. that will make up the majority of your intake, your calorie intake. It is quite surprising. And there's simple things you can do that I found out. If you want to have, you're going to watch the game and you want to have some chips, don't bring the bag in. Put the yep. chips in the bowl. And that way, if you want more, you have to get up from the couch, walk into the other room, get the chips out. It just going through those, it's simple strategies, simple hacks yeah. like that to going through the extra work to get more food. But when you bring the whole bag, and of course, let's be honest, we buy the family size bag and the family size yeah. three liter bottle of soda. But if you just pour the soda in a glass, you shouldn't be drinking chemicals anyways, but I digress. If you yeah. just pour the soda in the glass, then you have to get up and go back into the kitchen and get more soda. Now, the only yeah. exception I make is I always carry my water bottle with me because all I drink now uh, for over 120 days is water. So you can yeah. drink all the water you want to drink. You're not going to hurt yourself. But it's no. simple things like that. You, I have a saying, Darren, is like the complexity 
is the gateway to procrastination. So let's mm-hmm. we're trying to give you, the listener, very simple things that you can do starting today, tracking your food. Don't bring the whole bag out into the living room. These are simple things that you go, wow, that's too easy, but you're not doing it. That's the point. Yeah, you, you're so right, Mark, actually. And the, the thing that I want to pick up about what you said there is there's a huge psychological element to what we're talking about when we talk about fitness and nutrition. And, you know, those little things that you've mentioned there, like just putting the chips in the bowl, putting the bag away, you know, things like that are so profound. And I have this, this uh, model that I've developed called the capsule cupboard. Um, and basically what that means is that I just have in my cupboard what I need because if I have anything else like what I perceive to be the bad stuff or the sugary stuff then if it's in the cupboard the temptation there is far greater than if it's not there and it's in the shop and you have to go in your car (laughs) drive to the shop purchase it and bring it back yep and so psychological element is huge Yes. And I just want to just take a break. We're talking about nutrition, but I want to take a time out here. And I was on a, for the longest time, I was on this organic kick and folks, organic sugar is still bad for you. Okay. It's not (laughs) magically better because it's organic sugar. And I think I got caught up in that and my wife goes, it's still sugar, honey. I'm like, yeah, but it's organic. So don't (laughs) buy into the hype. Organic sugar, conventional sugar, it's all bad. Your body does not need sugar, but I can't speak for England, but over here in America, we are addicted. I mean, literally, that is the word, addicted to sugar. I, I had a guest on my show a number of years ago who came over from Australia, and she goes, my goodness, you put sugar in everything. We put sugar in bread. Do you realize yeah. if you buy bread, my wife and I use a brand, uh, eat a brand called Ezekiel bread. It's all organic. Okay. There's no preservatives. You have to keep it frozen, and there's no sugar. You have to pay extra for that because if you want no sugar, you have to pay more for it. If you want no preservatives, you have to pay more for this. So, But I highly encourage you, uh, the listener, and I'm sure you agree with this too, look at the labels. How many, yeah. how many ingredients are on that, are on that label that you not only have no clue what they are, you can't even pronounce it if you tried that. Yeah, that's, that's really key actually, Mark. And, and, you know, we as consumers are sold, you know, we're sold by marketers, we're sold by supermarket chains. Um, I'm, su- I'm assuming you call them supermarkets in the US. Yes. But essentially, how many times does somebody take you know, the the um, opportunity to turn over a packet and have a look at the ingredients that are in there um, and just, just you know, just take a step back and say, well, should I be eating the stuff that's in this packet? And yes, you know, again, all of this stuff, Mark, might sound really inconvenient and difficult to the listeners that, you know, when they first start doing it. But once you get into a habit, you develop a habit, you know, it becomes much, much easier. You start to become way more knowledgeable about what's in food and you can very quickly and easy cut out the stuff that we know that we don't need. When I first went vegetarian, my biggest fear, uh, okay, what am I going to eat if I'm not eating meat? And I had a guest on my show called The Skeptical Vegan. He says, don't concentrate on what you can't eat. Concentrate yeah. what you can eat because you can eat a lot of food when you're vegan or vegetarian. There's a lot yeah. out there. And one of the things I realized, I learned, I should say, is when you, if something is packaged in a box, 
probably not yeah. good for you. You should be eating fruits and vegetables and whole foods. If you get something that all you have to do is microwave for three minutes, even if it's vegetarian, even if it's vegan, it's processed. It's got a lot of preservatives in there. So what I'm trying to do, yeah, I still have my cookies. I still have that stuff I shouldn't have. I'm not going to say I'm a perfect person, but I am trying to eat much better. And you said it earlier, it's baby steps. So for example, I may have a piece of fruit instead of cookies. I still have cookies, but I don't have as many as I used to have them because you're right. You can't outrun a poor diet. A lot of people say, well, I'm going to eat a whole bunch of crappy foods all week long and I go for a marathon. That's not going to solve the problem. No. No, you're absolutely right, Mark. And I think, um, you know, we are all human, right? And and I'm, ref- it's refreshing to hear you say, you know, I eat a cookie. Yeah, I eat bad stuff, but I don't eat it consistently. I have it once, you know, once or, or twice every now and then. And it's, it's you know, we, we can't make if, and that's the other key thing, actually, I want to pick out about what you just said is if you make it too difficult, too regimented, you're not going to stick to it. You're just going to make life's going to be horrible. 100%. And that's not what we're trying to achieve here. We're trying to achieve a balanced nutritional, nutritional balanced diet. Um, and if you make it too hard, you won't stick to it. And I will tell you this, when I sit down, uh, when I sit, get ready to make my dinner and I have to make my salad, you know, I had to cut the pepper up and the cucumber and the tomato, whatever. Yeah. It takes me a little longer, but I can hear my body going. That's what we want. We want that. That's we want that nutrients. And so it takes a little bit of effort, but you just can't think about the tongue. You have to think about what does your body want? News break or news flash. Your body doesn't want sugar. It doesn't want all this crap. It wants nutrients. It wants minerals. It wants vitamins. And yes, it does take longer to make it. But when you start making your own food, guess what? Number one, you know what's actually going in the food. You buy this processed food for these ingredients. You don't know what they are. How's it going to affect your health? But when you're making it yourself, you're like, okay, I'm putting pepper in. You know, you put pepper in there and nothing else. And so it does take longer. But I think when you make your own food, you eat much healthier. You do, but I I want to pick up there on the on the time uh, side of things, Mark, because you know a lot of people have this big perception that to eat healthily um, is is expensive and it takes a lot of time. I work on the basis of everything should take me fifteen to twenty minutes to prepare. Now, you know, you don't have to do huge gourmet meals, and but equally, you don't have to make bland meals. You know, if you plan, again, it comes back to systems and planning. If you plan your meals in advance, you can very easily make a very nice, tasty, nutrient-dense meal in 15 to 20 minutes. Now, your average microwave meal is going to take you five to 10 minutes to cook. So you're telling me you don't have an extra five minutes? No, very good point. Very good point. And I think it comes down to, uh, this goes more into my sphere uh, of exp- exp- expertise, is productivity. People want to yeah. get to that new show. They want to watch that next video. And so yeah. instead of spending the time cooking themselves healthier, uh, healthier foods, which is going to help them live longer, they're in a hurry to get back to that entertainment. And all that's doing is melting your brain anyway. So why are you in a hurry? <laughs> Take the time to make yourself 
food. It, it's not that difficult. And there's so much good food on this planet. I don't care where you live. It's good food. Yeah. You just have to educate yourself. My wife got me um, uh, the Thug Kitchen cookbook for Christmas. And right. I don't like the language in there, but it's got a lot of recipes. And one of my problems is I read when I first went vegetarian is that they said, all you have to do is find seven to 10 foods because that's basically what you eat. And I first yeah. said, no, that's not true. And I started thinking, oh, I've had hot dogs, hamburgers, chicken, beef, Wow, I eat the same seven to ten foods. So all I have to do is replace those seven to ten foods with seven to ten vegetarian foods because that's what most people eat. Seven to ten varieties of food. If you can get that taken care of, like I'm going to have instead of having uh, mac and cheese, I'm going to have salad. Okay, now you replace the mac and cheese. Now you're eating nutrient dense food. Yeah, hundred percent. And actually, on that seven to ten foods um, aspect, I have again. I so I have. Um, seven meals that I have noted down in my kitchen that I eat the same every single week, right? And and the reason for that is because, A, I know how to cook it, so it takes me less time. B, when I'm shopping, I know exactly what ingredients that I need to, to, to get. And so if I'm doing it online, I can just copy the basket from the last week. And then C, a lot of people might might be listening to this thinking, well, that's going to get bland, that's going to get a bit boring, and it does. And when I get bored with a particular meal, I just swap one meal out for another. I learn that meal and then I've got the other six that I already know how to cook. So again, from a productivity perspective and a time perspective, it's easier. Okay. And also you're still getting your nutrients. So let's talk about exercise because you mentioned that you did the triathlon. Did you complete the triathlon? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've now stepped up to Ironman and um, I'm now trying to qualify for Hawaii, Kona, the world championships. Wow. So, yeah. Good for you. Well, I will tell you this because I'm committed committing to run at least one mile a day every day for the rest of my life. I'm 54 years young. And when people ask wow. me, you're going to run a marathon? I said, you can't because you have to have rest days. So I run literally every day. If it rains, I run in the rain. If it's cold, I run in the cold. I run every day. I think that People need to get out there and exercise. And one of the things that really affected me, Darren, is when I first started, I did one mile a day. And then yeah. my wife and I bought Apple Watches in the in this, uh, September of 2018. Now I'm addicted. I'm addicted to closing my rings every single day. Now, if you're not an Apple Watch person, there's three rings. There's the move ring, which you can set. Mine's set for 800 calories a day, which is every time you walk around, go get the mail, whatever the case may be. Then there's the stand ring. You have to stand 12 hours a day and then there's an exercise ring which is 30 minutes a day and i am so obsessed i will i will close my rings every day the whole point of that is you shouldn't be at your desk not moving for eight hours you should be exercising now exercise you could run walk the dog you can go for a swim whatever but i think that's the whole driving the reason why uh the apple watch is the number one fitness watch out there because it forces you okay if you haven't stand stood an hour it says hey uh, time to stand because yeah. what happens is you get behind a computer and you get lost in time. Your body needs to move. Our, our bodies were designed. Our bodies were never designed to sit behind a computer for eight, nine hours. It was designed. That's why we have legs. Why we have arms. Yeah. We're supposed to walk around. And I think people need to, even if you don't have an Apple watch, you need to move every day. You need to exercise every day. You need to stand every hour. Yeah. A hundred percent. I completely agree around you know, the, the sitting element of it, you know, there's a lot of studies and reports out now that are ba- basically saying that sitting is the, is the new smoking. You know, we are not designed as human beings, as our physiology and all the rest of it to be sitting in this 
you know, this seated position for eight, nine hours a day in, you know, artificially conditioned um, rooms. We need to get out. We need to get the vitamin D from daylight. We need to get the fresh air. We need to get our bodies moving. We need to get mobile. And, and the, the key thing that you said there, Mark, is around you don't need to run. You know, you don't need to do all this swimming, cycling, and the rest of it. You just need to move, you know, and this and it comes back to what you said earlier around keeping it simple. And we all as humans like to overcomplicate things yes. and look for the latest and greatest and, and, you know, the new fad. Just move. And it's really profound, you know, and particularly when you see people in their, in their later lives, you know, they're then trying to undo all those years where they've, they've been unconscious and they've not moved. And it is go out for that walk, do your 10 to 15,000 steps a day, because then you are outside, you are in the fresh air, you are getting your vitamin D, and you are moving. Here's an idea that is going to really cause some listeners to cock their head like a dog cocks their head when you make a (laughs) high-pitched sound. If you go into a building... It's okay to take the stairs. I'm pretty sure in every country in the world, you can, you don't have to take the elevator. We get lazy, but if you show up to an appointment early, take the stairs. You don't have to run them up like a sprinter, like you and I are, Darren, we'd go up real fast. Go to take the stairs because what that does is it gets your heart rate up. And my mom, as the listeners know of the show know that my mom has got late onset Alzheimer's. And when I was talking to her doctor, her neuropsychologist, he told me, that, um, you know, it comes down to diet and exercise. And yeah. even though my mother's mother got it really bad and my mother got it real bad, there's a chance I may never get Alzheimer's because I'm taking care of myself physically and what I eat. And he says it's diet yeah. and exercise. And when I look back on my mom's life, she did jazzercise for like a week in the 1980s. I, they never exercised right. because back then here in America, you know, if you weren't an athlete, you didn't exercise. They weren't telling it. Now they know everyone should be exercised. But back then, until like the 1990s, no one told, was told to exercise. You know this. They didn't tell you to exercise. Yeah. I, you know, no. and, and so now they're realizing that your physical health, what you eat, has a tremendous effect on your mental and physical health. People are just thinking, well... I'm winding down. I know people who are 90 years old run marathons, so there's yeah. no excuse. Now, if you've never run more than three feet, don't go out for a run today. But, no. <laughs> but what you can do is consult your doctor because neither Dara and I are doctors, but you need to move. Your doctor's not going to say sit in the same place all day long because if he does, no. go get a new doctor, okay, because you need a better doctor. But you need to move. Okay, you need to do something. And that was the, the, the old joke, Darren, Darren, is I do one sit-up in the, a day. I do half in the morning and the other half before bed. Hopefully the audience gets that joke. You got that joke. You need to move. And, and so I, you know, we talked a lot uh, on the show today, Darren, and I, I want people to realize that I, if they get nothing else out of this uh, conversation today, I want people to stop, step back and go, okay, how much am I moving? How much am I standing? How much am I exercising? What am I eating? Just taking some time to think about that is going to really wake people up. So what say you? Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree, Mark. And I think it's this this awareness, this consciousness of stuff that we've done habitually throughout our lives. It's kind of just stopping, taking stock. And exactly like you said, you know, if people can get anything from this podcast, just have a look at what you're eating, how you're moving and how you're living your life daily. You know, we live in a, a super hyper connected world where we've got our heads buried in all these electronics. Take your head out, 
and just bring yourself back into your own self-awareness and just ask yourself the questions, you know, am I moving? Am I eating it, uh, the right foods? Um, how am I feeling? Ask yourself those three questions. The other day, I finished reading Cal Newport's book called Digital Minimalism. I highly yeah. recommend this book. In okay. the book, he talks about leaving your phone behind when you go out. Yeah. And now I have a cellular watch, but a couple days last week, I went out with just my watch and people go, well, that's cheating. Well, no, you can't surf the web on your watch. You can't do social media in your watch. And I found out I wasn't even looking at my watch. I looked at the time. That was it. And it was so freeing. And people go, how'd you survive? I'm like, I'm 54. I remember when there was no cell phones, when there was no internet, we, we didn't have it. Okay. And so one of the things I did yesterday on my run uh, today is, well, recording this on the 13th of January. Today's January 14th. On January 12th, uh, Sunday of this week, because I roll these podcasts out the day after, I went for a run, Darren, and I left my AirPods at home. I literally went running without music, podcasts, audiobooks, and I heard the birds chirping. I heard yeah. the the planes going overhead. It's amazing when you're yeah. not always plugged into the world, when you're just listening what's going on. I encourage people, go for that walk without listening to music, without listening to anything, and just listen to the world. You'll be amazed at what you're missing out on. Yeah, I completely agree, Mark, with that. I, I, when I run, I run, I don't run with any any electronic devices, and and you know, even in the winter when it's cold, and I went out in a in, for a run yesterday, and it was absolutely tipping it down with rain. It's you know that you get this sense of just freedom, and just you're just so refreshed when you've come back from being disconnected. And and, and we say disconnected, we're disconnected from the electronic world. We're actually connected to what I would say the real world, right? Mm. Um, and the other thing is when you're going out. Just and this is going to sound really bizarre to probably people listening. Is breathe. How many people consciously breathe? And the reason I mention this is because what it does is it helps our nervous system. So our parasympathetic and our sympathetic nervous system. There are so many people now in our in our lives and our communities that are completely wired, are completely stressed out disconnect go for a walk and just breathe and you will be absolutely amazed on how good you feel if you do that 100 percent. well where can we find you online sir where can we find out more about you yeah well you can uh, find me on my website uh fitterhealthierdad.com or on instagram at fitterhealthierdad uh, and on facebook uh fitterhealthierdad and on youtube as well all right. Well, Darren, this has been really a fun conversation with you. Since I've been taking better care of my health, I love talking to people who are also in this space. So it's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Thanks very much, Mark. I really appreciate you inviting me on the show. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Remember, Mr is all spelled out at mrproductivity.com. You can sign up for the free seven-day productivity challenge. Give me two minutes a day for a week, and I will teach you strategies on how you can become a more productive you. You can also find out information about my productivity coaching, my course, 
find out where I'm on social media, and so much more. It all happens at mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. If you haven't done so already, it would mean the world to me, and I mean the world, if you would subscribe to the podcast and then tell three or four of your friends about this show so I can help more people. You rock. I love you so much. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.